Wolf and Belly. All right, man. Welcome to Pro Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 532. Jason Lingren is with me and Big Sib returns. Uh, you might notice I sound a little plugged up. Um, on the edge of a cold, maybe, but I'll fight it off. Uh, I think basically the best way to describe what we're going to do is talk about, you know, like communism, fascism, corporatism, basically all these old words that we have that we're using to describe kind of what's going on in the world now, which, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with me. We don't really have the word that's probably going to describe what's going on because uh, it's all technical. And of course, we know that AI is going to be the police force or a big part of the police force. But with that, welcome, Jason. And a hot good morning. And I am convinced at this point that they are seriously monkeying with the weather here. Oh, it's the weather is not normal here where I am now. We don't get normal rain. Typically, what happens now is for an hour or two, it dumps in buckets and then it's gone, which isn't that great for people around here on wells because most of that runs off. But anyhow, let's let's jump in and do what we do. Uh, welcome, Brandon. Thank you for having me again, Crow. Uh, excited about this little expose in the psychological tactics to manipulate everyone to accept ideologies that actually hurt us. Yeah, there's, you know, what's crazy is my wife and I, we really can't watch new movies. I just can't get into it anymore. It just bothers me. It's like a splinter. So I can't just get into the storyline. I'm too busy being annoyed. So we go back and watch old things. And I'm not telling you that the programming is not in the old things. It's there, mostly at a lesser degree. But what we find is we were just watching things that my mother loved from the 90s. There's a show called Northern Exposure, as an example. It was my mother's favorite show. And we'd found the old VHSs. And we heard the the lead-in song. And it reminded us of mom who's been gone, you know, not quite a year, I guess, or a little over a year. And so we started watching it. And what we find is there's this soft programming where they're matter-of-factly saying things, well, you, you've got to wear a mask if you're going to be around people, you're going to get them infected. And of course, we've got to do, you know, these offhand comments on masking inoculation. And as we go forward in time, the hard edge begins to creep in. But what's already happened by the time the hard edge gets here is these ideas have permeated media everywhere and it's been dealt with as if it's matter of fact. And that's one example I can offer, Brandon, about how it's manipulated into our consciousness. Well, it's without a doubt. And the psychological programming has started uh, since the 1900, early 1900s and move forward, simple ideas such as uh, the invention of the modern administrative state by Woodrow Wilson, and uh, which was a, a designated rule by experts, right, with, with, with ideas such as consensus. Now, there can be no such thing. It's a contradiction for scientific consensus because you're supposed to use the scientific method to get to an answer correct. But that's not how where we are. Uh, the white coat pulls up. You're already programmed to accept the appeal to authority and the experts know all. And of course, this is a direct, direct path to totalitarian control. And none of these ideas are new. And that's if I can expound on one idea that everybody can accept as we move through here. None of the ideas are new. It's the same conflict of visions throughout history. And no matter who is purporting this new vision of utopia for the masses and utopia for the world, it's fool's gold uh, because you can never get rid of human human error 
and flesh and blood human beings who are capable of committing the worst atrocities against each other. And the old saying goes, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So what we have manifesting today is a new form of statism, whereas the social fabric, that which binds us together, is being torn apart. And it's part of a demoralization effort to where everybody questions reality The purpose of today, though, is to get people to understand and grasp, to be able to see through the propaganda, use empirical evidence, and always be able to change your false beliefs to follow the evidence. This is where all of their ideas fall apart under any scrutiny whatsoever because they don't have facts and evidence in nature to back them up. So you've touched on a couple points here. And that last thing, uh, it's how the United States Marine Corps boot camp works. They break you down. They remove what you used to think you were, uh, your humanity, your personhood, whatever you want to call it. And once they've broken that down, they build it back to be what they want it to be. And within the process of that, uh, killing becomes okay. But to back up to where you touched initially, uh, Jason and I covered Bernays. Jason's done a hell of a lot of research on Bernays, and we can't really think of a person who lived in this country that changed society more than Bernays, and he did exactly what you said. He had the problem of they wanted to sign, I think it was bacon, so he went out and got thousands of doctors to sign off. There's your white lab coat. There's your authority. Get all these doctors to sign off that a heavy breakfast was better. Lo and behold, in this country, we used to have two real meals a day and a very light, if at all, breakfast. That's all been flopped around by exactly the process that you described, which was the men in the white lab coats, the authority, the doctors signing off on it. Yeah. yeah, And I would advise everybody, if you don't know the logical fallacy arguments, to dig into them. And what you'll see in each one of these politicians or Fauci's or anybody else, what you'll see is a constant appeal to many logical fallacies. Uh, so once you once you are able to identify those correctly, whether they're the red herrings, the straw man arguments and things of that nature, you'll be able to protect yourself from, quote unquote, propaganda. And so we'll go to a Bernays quote, right? The intelligent and conscious manipulation of the unseen mechanism directs to the real controlling elite. So let's break that down for people. So if I can get into your subconscious, your subjective realm and plant an idea that you have faith, hope, and believe in, well, what I have is complete control of the objective reality of that person. So this is called religious dogmatic belief. And this is where the individual will cause harm to themselves and to others in order for this fundamental belief system that they're following. And we'll go back to Aristotle. And one of the great atrocities today that is happening is that in uh, schools all across this country, philosophical viewpoints are being pushed in the soft matter of children. However, philosophy should never be taught to a man uh, or, or a child of young age. That that would be Aristotle who said that a man shouldn't be taught philosophical principles until in, in his 30s, because the only thing that they should be taught up until that point is the principles, the virtues, right? Prudence, fortitude, justice, things of that nature. It is only through life experience, the hardships of life that we overcome, that we can really start to have philosophical points. But Aristotle's final quote on that was that when we teach philosophical tenets to people too young, they will turn around and use those 
philosophical inconsistencies to harm themselves and others. So I'm going to lay down, who was it, Jason? Uh, was it Fortune who gave us the communism, fascism, or was it was it one of the doctors? No, it was Trebbing. Was it Trebbing? Yeah, that was Dr. Trebbing. Yeah, so Dr. Trebbing made the quote, uh, and I think he's probably lifting it from somewhere, that basically communism is when the government owns the corporations or controls the corporations. Uh, and in that way of thinking, fascism becomes the opposite of that when the corporations own or control the government. How do you feel about that kind of breakdown based on where you're about to go? Okay, so let's let's identify the two. Uh, it's very simple. Communism is an international brand. Uh, fascism is just a national brand. Same ideology. Uh, the only diff- The only difference is the means of production. Communism, the means of production, is controlled completely by the state, such as in um, uh, old China, Mao's China. However, they've kind of went into more of a fascist state, too, with the public-private partnerships. Okay, so the means of production in fascism is controlled through what is called a top-down public-private partnership. That's where the state, and uh, for everybody out there, the example in our lives is COVID-19. The state issues a mandate, proclamation, or whatever. And then the private corporations go out and enforce it. That is a that is a perfect example of fascism. However, they are not on opposite sides of the spectrum. It is still a democratic socialist idea, has always has been since the culmination of Marx and Engels pushing forward these critical theories. However, this ideology goes way further back than that. We can we can go to the social destruction of uh, Rome with Nero and things of that nature. We can go back to the spiral of Theodorus, which is of Pythagoras, right, which was uh, uh, an idea that he held that the, the spirals never completed the 17 steps. It was part of their dialectical thinking process also. So if if you go throughout history and you watch the destruction of uh, civil society, uh, you'll always find the same tenets, right? Social discord, sexual revolutions. And a re- uh, a removal of society's consciousness toward things that can relate to nature, and when I say nature, right, human beings have the the ability to know between right and wrong, and we have the ability to perceive and articulate and think of concepts higher than ourselves. Therefore, we we have what is called higher consciousness. So, in order to remove a society that is principally based, that is in search of honor, integrity, and truth. You have to demoralize that country. And every destructive path for all Western societies followed the same pattern. Uh, and so when we recognize the pattern, we have to we have to also go, why would people do this to themselves? And it's based on ideologies that are never, never going to happen. And when I say this, there is no utopia that would ever happen because of flesh and blood human beings. So it's always this conflict of visions, Crow. So, I mean, what's weird about what's happened, like if I wanted to go back and look what's happened at 2020 forward, I could see by the definition we just laid down, uh, whether that's correct or close to correct, that there's feels fascist parts of it. Otherwise, I can also sense parts that feel communistic. I can see the sense that the overriding by the wisest people I know feel like it's a push towards a communist world government. What would you say based on what we've seen 2020 forward? And by the way, it doesn't even incorporate the technical part of this, which is almost independent of human beings. 
Yeah. So what we have is uh, something called uh, the only name to give it is neo-communism, right? And it's it's neo only because it incorporates both fascism and communism together. And we'll prove this today when we start reading from Klaus Schwab's books from the WHO and WEF network, right? And of course, you're correct, Crow, in that it has a technocratic side to it, right? And one of the things that that is happening here is the uh, scientific subversion to this technocratic elite. And in that, that's the purpose of this this particular lesson here, and I call it a lesson because what I would hope people do is go verify everything I say. Don't believe a word I, I ever tell you. Validate the veracity of all my statements. But once we're done here, people will be able to see all, uh, both all, how all three aspects are coalescing into one goal. So everything today is a global crisis that needs a global solution for global citizens. So when we say that, and they'll talk about human rights, remember that human rights aren't individual rights. So the Western idea is under attack. And when I say that, most people don't understand the philosophy of the Western idea, which which made its way into the creation of America. So the only thing that has ever stood in the way of this totalitarian uh, uh, dictatorship and authorita- uh, authoritarian uh, ideology is the idea of individual liberty, uh, which is incorporated into our Bill of Rights and our Constitution. Therefore, the Hercusas, the Ardwans, the Gramaskis, and uh, you know the Stalins, Lenins, and of course Mao in China have always, always their number one goal is the destruction of the Western idea, and that is the individual is the subunit of the collective, and therefore without individual rights. There is no rights at all. The adverse to that is the communistic fascist idea that the collective, the human rights, this is where you get uh, wording like human rights or female rights and the sustainability goals of the of the UN, right? However, when they speak in these vague terms, always grasp that they're not talking about your individual liberties because the collect uh, the individual must succumb to the needs and the wants of the group dynamic of the collective, which is always going to be. So the work is never done. And that's one thing I I have to get across to people. The work is never finished like Spiro uh, Theosaurus, where the Hegelian dialect, today's, today's oppressed can be tomorrow's oppressor. And this is the class warfare uh, uh, struggle that is continual. And that's why it's called critical theory. Uh, So to define critical theory uh, out of the Frankfurt School is very simple. It's just a criticism of all things Western. That's it. Every morality that we have, every virtue that we have enshrined in our political thought processes, in our civil discourse with each other must be destroyed. Well, let's transpose that idea into our current reality uh, where Every single idea that was ever secured in in this uh, uh, once prosperous nation is being destroyed at every turn, and it's through uh, ideologues backed by their demagogues and government. So here in a second, I'm going to make a point here, and I'm going to throw it back to you. Do you want to? Uh, do we want to read these bullet points? Do you want to have Jason read the points as we go through, or do you just want to carry it, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. Read the bullet points because I, I definitely want people to go look into. So there's no way that I can get, uh, I can 
uh, disseminate in one session everything that you need to go. But I, what I do want to do is introduce you to the philosopher kings of the intellectual class today. Uh, and this would be Herbert Marcuse, Ardono, uh, Max Horkheimer, and things of that nature. So you can go back and read their literature from the 1900s all the way up till today and grasp that this uh, the fundamental changing of America's institutions uh, will go through the Bar Association in the 1950s, who identified the infiltration of the attorneys groups in colleges and knew that their goal was to destroy America's legal system. Well, fast forward 50 years and guess what's happened? From my experience, one of the reasons why I'm in this topic is because I, I have two and a half years of experience in the federal court system. All the cases are ongoing. Two of them are in the appeals court. But what I can I can uh, unabashedly tell everybody here that I have not met one attorney in the wild uh, that is not a critical theorist, not one. And that's pretty that's a pretty large percentage when I'm, I'm up against I've got f six cases going with over 20 attorneys involved uh, in those cases, including three U.S. attorneys. And not one of these attorneys can tell the truth, uh, can act in honor and has any integrity. And each and every one of these attorneys are taught in what uh, what will, what is called critical legal theory. All right. I want to make a point based on what you just said about those attorneys. Back in the day, I don't know, it was the first or second time I went back to school and I studied criminal law for a bit. There was this old Latin maxim. Uh, maybe it's not a maxim. It's, it's a set of words. It's mala in se, M-A-L-A, new word I-N, new word S-E, mala in se. And what it means is that it's evil in and of itself. The idea being that no one would ever need to tell you, you know, that it's wrong, everybody. It's kind of like um, evil on the face of it. My point being is the definition points out that it's an act or offense that is evil or wrong by its own nature, wait for it, regardless of any law or statute. Now go back to what Big Sib just told you about these attorneys and how they're practicing. Now go back to what I just said about Marine Corps boot camp. One of the definitions under Mala and Say would include such acts as murder, torture, kidnapping, rape, theft. I opened with murder there. In the course of boot camp, when they're removing your personhood to build it back so you can be a devil dog or a United States Marine, murder becomes okay. It's not murder anymore. Uh, it's like they've made a law or a statute or a way of thinking that makes killing okay. As we head into where we're about to go here, ideas like Mala and Say show the importance of each individual and how we think about things. And I'm guessing uh, Brandon may have something to say because that idea of Mala and Say that it's wrong, even if there's a law that tells you it's not wrong, reflects how these attorneys are conducting themselves because they've been trained to think that what they're doing is not wrong. Correct, Crow. Go ahead, Jason. Environmental social governance equals ESG. Environmental, top-down approach using fascism, corporatism, to accomplish goals through the private-public partnership. Quote, fascism recognizes the real needs which gave rise to socialism and trade unionism, giving them due weight in the guild or corporative system in which divergent interests are coordinated 
and harmonized in the unity of the state. Benito Mussolini, 1935, The Doctrine of Fascism. So one of the most important parts as we move forward, as everyone will recognize here, is that most people use words that that are never defined, right? For instance, we have people on the left always screaming fascism, fascism, but wear your mask, you moron, and get your vaccine, you idiot. Uh, however, they don't have one clue of what fascism is or the identifying markers from uh, Benito Mussolini. So when I say top-down approach, this is the uh, pressure from the corporatocracy that everybody can relate to uh, that is part of, uh, of this show that happened during COVID-19. And that's where the government issued proclamations, mandates, and everything else. And like Bane from the movie Batman, they turned it back and gave it to you, the people, uh, and therefore instituted and created a Gestapo-style uh, Stasi in the United States where Karens and Keiths and everybody else reported on each other for not following the edicts and dictates from government. So one of the things that is very important uh, in, included in two of my lawsuits is the fact that anytime that government coheres, uh, incites, or tells corporatocracy to do something that the government couldn't do itself, they have formed a cohesive conspiratorial relationship with that corporation. And people will tell you all the times that private entities aren't liable for constitutional infractions, but that is a half truth. Now, remember all the, uh, all your disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation uh, from communist uh, type ideologues always contain a little bit of truth. Uh, in order, uh, in order for the lie to stick, there has to be some basis of truth there. However, the real truth is, is that when, government enters into a cohesive conspiratorial relationship in the United States with corporations, the corporation therefore is liable for constitutional, uh, constitutionally secured right violations. So the top-down approach is, 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 is done through the corporatocracy. Uh, that's only one aspect of the total totalitarian control method that they are trying to institute here. But each and every one of us when we are uh, in conversations with ideologues, we must have the higher ground. That means we must we must wield the power of knowledge, uh, and and correct knowledge is the is the ability to apply that knowledge. So uh, the correct word for that would be biblically speaking, wisdom, and it is the principal thing. And uh, we should have wisdom. We should wield it correctly and be able to articulate our viewpoints. Matter of factly, when in uh, it, when in court settings and where wherever else, the fear will go away. Um, for those those who went through COVID nineteen, you know your heart rate went up when you were faced with with these totalitarian tactics. That's part of the that's part of the agenda to right to get people to comply is to induce a, a constant state of fear. However, uh, you have not been given. Uh, the spirit of fear that returneth you back to bondage, but you have power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, so love is not just some Willy Wonka love thing that is pontificated by the left, right? All love is love. No, it's not. Love is courage in the face of adversity. It is a principle from the Greek agape, right? And I would advise people to look into that principle because it isn't just something about just do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. Go ahead, Jason. Global crisis for global solutions, whereas the global citizen must forfeit his individual rights for the collective. 
quote, the more nationalism and isolationism pervade the global polity, the greater the chance that global governance loses its relevance and becomes ineffective. Sadly, we are now at this critical juncture. Put bluntly, we live in a world in which nobody is really in charge. COVID-19 has reminded us that the biggest problems we face are global in nature. Whether it's pandemics, climate change, terrorism, or international trade, all are global issues that we can only address and whose risks can only be mitigated in a collective fashion. Klaus Schwab, COVID-19, The Great Reset. So this is an important point right here. When I go back and I tell people that COVID-19 was the greatest thing that ever happened to the United States and people go, oh, no, you can't. That's crazy. No, it was. Uh, Because when humans face hardships and have to overcome those hardships and face pain, internal growth is accomplished. Okay, so without the the push by these global interested parties who are looking for totalitarian control and the overplaying of their hand during COVID-19, we wouldn't be having this conversation today, uh, right? We would still be talking about things of uh, non-importance. However, as stated in Klaus Schwab's own books, he knows that they understand that that the push towards COVID-19 was supposed to put the final nail in the coffin. However, Just 2%, maybe 3% of the population who stood tall during that time and fought with every fiber of their being to stop the progress, okay? And now, let's give everybody a a piece of hope to hold on to. Now we're moving into the time where the damage done by, by the forced vaccinations and everything else is creating a class of individuals marginalized that understand that this top-down government structure that for uh, use cohesion uh, to fire them from their jobs or manipulate them into ex- uh, accepting this experimental drug uh, actually damaged people that they love. So no better time now than to arm ourselves uh, with the with the proper knowledge, the proper tools to understand and grasp that what what is happening here is a move towards universal egalitarianism. Okay, uh, that's a quote from uh, Max uh, um, Max Herkmeyer, right out of the Frankfurt School, and all these ideas have been around for a long time. Uh, but once you read them from their own quotes, what you have to do you 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 uh, you have to understand. You have to start believing what these people want. <laughs> uh, they make no qualms about putting it in print what they intend to do with the world. Uh, and they're going to use every avenue of tyranny to get it accomplished. So what we see now uh, as we move forward into the next, uh, what I, I foresee as the next pandemic, if you go read the sustainability goals, the 17 goals of the UN, right, it's it's focused on climate change. Now we have climate terrorists out here setting fire to everything. That way they can intellectually justify their move towards global hegemony, and that gets rid of the bourgeois democracy. Uh, And these are all direct quotes from different uh, individuals within this movement. So once you you actually identify correctly what they're doing, you won't fall for the bull. So we should make a point just to make sure we keep people on on the train tracks here. The Big Sib has referenced the Frankfurt School. Uh, As far as I know, the Frankfurt School is one of the early, early social engineering places 
um, and for the for the purposes of this conversation, it's basically the roots of Tavistock, what we call Tavistock and that kind of social engineering. Would you qualify that statement in any way, Brandon? Yeah, so let's give people a quick rundown of the history. The Frankfurt School started in Germany and was operating the sexual revolution in Germany uh, under Frank Hirschfeld and things of that nature. So Max Horkmeyer and a few others, or Dono, whatever, uh, once Hitler took took office and was the antithesis, antithesis to their thesis in 1918 or 1919, they moved to New York. In New York, this group of individuals were distraught that the revolution that occurred in 1917 in Russia, which was by the workers, was not going to work in Western Europe or America. So they set out a new plan, which was based on infiltrating and subverting uh, the institutions of America, which included uh, your school, uh, higher education and things of that nature with their intellectual bullcrap. your mainstays there is Herbert Marcuse, Max Horkmeyer, and Ardona. I can't remember his first name. Theodore. Yep. You're talking about Theodore Adorno, right? That's right. Ardono. That's All right. All right. Let's let's put it into perspective. When we say the name Adorno, he was first outed, to my knowledge, in the book called The Committee of 300, where he was outed as the guy who wrote the Beatles music or was behind the creation of the Tavistock band that is the Beatles biggest rock band of all time, broke the family unit and started that whole thing in ways we can't even talk about. But here's the kicker. I went out and bought the writings of Adorno, where he goes on and on about what total crap and mindless gutter snipe modern music is. And he wrote essays as he was creating the very music he was downing. By the way, Fortune came in behind me and said, it's true. So there's all that. Yeah. And so we'll go back to they were the creation of what is called critical theory. Uh, It come out of the Frankfurt School in New York. It's very simple. It's not a hidden term. So critical theory is just to criticize everything in Western culture. It is to debase art, is to debase uh, social constructs, is to debase everything that made a civil society. Not to interrupt, but is that how we get Campbell's soup cans as high art? <laughs> that's right. That's right. There you go. That That's actually marketing, right? That's become high art. Anyhow, sorry. No, no, you're correct, uh, Crow. And so up until this time, and, and, and look, up until the uh, infiltration of the Frankfurt School and these intellectual demagogues, art in America, and you can still go to small town America and you can see buildings that were built 200 years ago that appease the eyes, right? Uh, when you look upon them, you know that masters of their art had built these structures. However, as, as we move into the 21st century, everything's drab, right? The building by nature has disappeared and it's just Pizza Huts and Burger Kings. And uh, this is all part of the design, too, because what 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 essentially we've done is lost our skill set where when you lose that skill set and you're only intellectually trained, well, guess who you're relying on? And that's that's the overarching goal is to make everybody succumb to statism. And and make no mistake, there's 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 no doubt that every bit of this this cultural appropriation that has happened in this in this country goes back to people who are ideologically aligned with totalitarian dictatorships. All right. So I'm actually scanning forward. Do you want to get anything in here, Jason? I'm scanning forward in the notes just to, so I'm aware of where we're about to be. 
There's just one point I want to make that Bill Cooper had pointed out, but I had already thought about this. The modern talking points that they like to push is that fascism's on the right and socialism and communism are on the left, which is absolute poppycock. Fascism, communism, socialism are all on the left because it's all about control. Correct. Were we together when Fortune addressed that? Because he makes a big point about the left-right paradigm. Yeah. And he feels it's critically important. But before we go further here, let's just make the point for the lifetime that we can see. If you attach everything Big Sib has just said, we're basically talking about an engineered fall. Putting it at the door of the Frankfurt School, Jason and I have done it many times. We've rolled it up to Tavistock, which in many ways was inherited all the things learned about controlling societies. But what we've seen here is the rapid fall from roughly, if I have to use what I have picked up in my research, I mark it sometime in the 1800s, where it's really a line drawn in the sand where craftsmen, pride in your work, uh, knowledge, education, all these things begin to fall off. And how do we know it's true? Well, look what Brandon just said. Look around. Look at all our buildings. They're rectangles and squares. They're the angles of sorrow with no adornment, with no even think about this. Does anyone remember the original Taco Bell building? As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, there's one left in the country that was the original design that was used in Tarantino's rewriting of uh, what happened with the fake Manson mass murder thing there. That Taco Bell building showed that even fast food back in, I don't know, what is that? The 60s, I'm guessing, tried to engineer some beauty into their fast food establishment. And these are all evidences that identify what we're talking about is true. It's happened. We can see it. Anyhow, uh, where do you want to pick up here, Big Sid? Jason, please read March the 18th premiere of Louis Bonaparte uh, quote, because this is important as we move uh, forward. Communism as the positive transcendence of private property, as human self-estrangement, and therefore as the real appropriation of the human essence by and for man. Communism, therefore, as the complete return of man to himself as a social, i.e. human being, a return become conscious and accomplished with the entire wealth of previous development. Marx's The 18th Brumaire of Louis Bonaparte. And so this is going to get into a definition of what woke ideology is. So woke ideology is just awareness to the the social injustices in society. And when he says, when he talks about the real appropriation of the human essence by and for man. Okay, so what we have here is critical consciousness and awareness and a system by man, of man, and for man. And it's always this utopian dream hold that they're discussing here where we're going to usher in and look, there's a plethora of different ideologies and religious dogmatic viewpoints that believe that this utopia is just around the corner. However, what is missed from each one of these intellectual prognosticators is facts and evidence, right? And as such, Communism is defined in one sentence, and that is the abolition of all private property. So why has a system of governance, which is the United States of America, which enshrined life, liberty, and property as its core tenets, slowly evaporated in the 20th 20th and 21st century property rights? Well, we have to look no further 
than the development of the Frankfurt schools and intellectual idiots to push forward through the critical legal studies. And, and of course, so, so let me expound on this before we move forward. My, my area of expertise and it is the law and a lawful application in courts of law. So I'm always going to revert everything back to how it affects me and my experience there. You can take these, these studies and apply it to your area of expertise. Anytime anyone pontificates outside their area of expertise, right, what do they really know? For instance, George Bernard Shaw was a great, uh, I think he was a mathematician or whatever, was a great mathematician. But once he started pontificating on things of political interest, he was a complete retard. Uh, we'll see this also with actors and things of that nature. Why do they always use these political idiots to get up on TV and discuss ideas that they have no idea what they're talking about? Well, this goes back to our uh, Bernays-type propaganda, where it's ideation towards uh, idols that we have, the stars, right? Uh, so so with that, we'll, we have to understand this class warfare struggle. And so that within the dialectical framework, it's always oppressed and oppressor. There must be a victim class of society that that is always perpetually at a victim state. Well, from a psychological aspect, anybody that is is within this state of victimhood is unreachable, right? Because everything in the world that has happened to them can be put through a lens that it was caused by someone else. It's not that their individual responsibility or personal accountability means anything. It is just this critical theory of social class. So the bottom-up approach of this takeover is the class struggles. And it forms the basis of the dialectic from the left to the right. And what I'll, I'll say about this uh, here and now is with the hyperpolarization of the left and right, both sides are in what is called a state of ideology. And both sides think that what they are doing are good. But really what they are is just the synthesis, performing the synthesis work for the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, and I'll read this quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who lived through the communist takeover in Russia. To do evil, a human being must first of all believe that what he's doing is good. This is the basis of your ideology. Ideology, that is what gives devil doing its long-sought justification. Remember, everybody needs some type of justification or internal validation. This is why everything's about affirm people in their mental illness. Grasp that, that these people are pushing these agendas forward because they actually think they're doing good. The most dangerous people in the world are those who think they're doing good and gives the evildoer the necessary steadfastness and determination. That is the social theory which helps to make his acts seem good instead of bad in his own and others' eyes so that he won't hear reproaches and curses, but will receive praise and honor. And this is what Bernays goes back to the conscience and intelligent manipulation of the unseen mechanism. This is deep psychological abuse, and it's done through uh, to every American in this country. One of the things that happens when you get into politics online is you provide the people who track and cause trouble in this world a map. One of the laws of networking is basically something akin to birds of a feather flock together. The online presence of social media has made it so simple and easy for them to know where you are, 
who you're communicating with and what group of people that puts you in. And I'll reference you back to the movie that was so big from Marvel called The Winter Soldier, where they point out that they can kill however many million people. And someone says, well, why would you want to do that? You don't have that many enemies. And they said, no, but we will in the next 20 years. And we know who they are or who they will be. This is what's going online on the technical part of what we're addressing here. When you engage in politics online, you are giving a precise map to those who collect data. And I know that's a bit of a sidestep. Sorry. It isn't, Crow. It is not because what they are doing is the whole goal is to hyperpolarize people, okay, in this environment. And like what we see right now with the Trump uh, side, where it doesn't matter what Trump does, how he did it, there is 80% of the MAGA base that will vote Trump no matter what. And so they use that to their advantage, right? Because what they're not able to hear, for example, when we go out and we're, we're trying to confirm our, our own bias, what are we going to look for? We're going to look for information that does that confirmation because psychologically that makes us feel good about our particular perspective. Uh, they, they understand this. So guess what's going to be uh, uh, promulgated on Twitter or on TikTok or things of that nature? These algorithms are going to produce dopamine feedback loops that we then click on and we confirm our own bias. However, once you're aware of these techniques, you won't fall for them. Uh, matter of fact, what we should do as, as human beings uh, with intellectual honesty is to challenge our beliefs at all times. Uh, that's the only path forward uh, for any individual that wants to seek freedom is to actually challenge a thing. And uh, of course, one of your great statement that opens up your show, belief is the enemy of knowing. Choosing a political side has already handicapped you if you are going to be a person that challenges and tries to get to truth beyond what you want to be true or what you think might be true. In choosing to be red or blue, you are choosing to inherit what they accept as okay and what they accept as not okay. So you've already skewed your ability to think independently, and that's really the goal here. That's why we have red and blue. That's why we have an eagle with two wings, and that's why the eagle will never have three wings. For people interested, you can go read up on the laws of networking to show just how insidious the data collection power is and then translate it to what we know of politics. There's never been a time in my lifetime when people have been so hatefully divided based on a stupid idea, red and blue. Yeah, and and this goes back into uh, Yuri Besmanov, right? Yuri Besmanov, a, KG, a KGB defector, right? First stage of communist takeover and totalitarian authoritarianism is demoralization, right? And that means to educate an entire generation to the Marxist ideology. That's completed. Then we have destabilization. Then we have constant crisis. And this goes into the di- dialectic. You know, we create the, uh, the problem. We have our, 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 rea- uh, our reaction. And then we have the pre-made solution. And then we, then we go into a process of where we're at now, where we're trying to normalize the insane. And I'll, I'll expound on this idea. This is a great idea right here. For the people who are so far in this ideation, such as a parent or grandparents that will go uh, perform sex change operation on on their children. And this is just one aspect. 
for all intents and purposes, those people are forever locked into that ideology. And there's a reason for that. This is a psychological reason for this. They have caused irrevocable harm to a child and done so absent of any facts and evidence. Therefore, that person or that individual, that family can never, can never face the truth of their situation and are forever locked in uh, to their ideology because the moment that they let that bit of truth in is going to force them to recognize how much damage they've done to their old child. This is a huge, this, this, this final strand that we're moving into of social theory is the, the, I don't know where else we could go from here uh, because it, it, it enables a parent to go out there and affirm something that is adverse to all reality and all nature and actually cause irrevocable harm to their children. And there's the Marine Corps boot camp, removing the humanity that used to be so something else can be built up in its place. We're coming to the end of the first hour. We're going to take a short break here. But basically, the crux of what it is, is if it's not demonstrated in nature, then it can't be thought of as being real or having any true value, any actual demonstrable merit. And these are hard things to talk about because of the illusory nature of where we are. But the point I would make is when you can successfully take apart something like gender and convince people that men are women and men and women are men, what you've done is you've removed the benchmark for what is, and that is nature, where there is no lie. But Big Sib, would you like to tell folks where they can find you and your work before we get ready to take a break here? Yeah, so it's the Big Sib YouTube channel. Uh, I've got the uh, the Tree of Life as my avatar there. I can also be emailed at bsibley97 at gmail.com. Uh, and then, of course, I'm on Telegram groups. Uh, that's about the, the extent of where I am, Crow. All right. You want to add anything, Jason? I would like to address in hour two how a lot of the youth seem to be completely falling for this notion of socialism is the way to go. Socialism has never worked. It's never going to work. It never will work. It's meant to manipulate you. And I'd like to get Brandon's take on how they got us this far because you see it all the time. And it's uh, basically people who are left-leaning as far as the mainstream is concerned. But socialism's out to get everyone. All right. That's going to bring us to the top of hour one of episode 532 with Jason Lindgren and basically Big Sib, as you'll know him online. Uh, We're going to take a short break. We're going to get into a lot more when we come back. There's a whole world that is seeking change right now, and it's going to get it. There's change is going to occur. The real question becomes is whether we recognize that things are not going back to some semblance of what we wish they were once upon a time. Things are going to change now. If we know this, we can help build what comes next. If we refuse to recognize what's going on here, then we may not have a hand in what emerges next. And by the way, this is a pretty stacked deck if you look at what's going on. But underneath it all, there is a foundation that cannot be cracked. And it has to do with your grant of the divine spark of life and the rights that were granted you thereof. And these are immutable if you choose to recognize and defend them. With that, we're going to take a short break. Hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C-R-R-O-W-777 
radio.com. Members know to log in for the full episode. Members get free access to all the forums, to comments under each episode, to the two-hour film called Shoot the Moon, which covers all the scope work and has the double sun idea in it, which is emerging as important, finally. And uh, with that, we're going to take a break, and I hope to see you on the other side logged in as a member, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers. Is the enemy of knowing. 